Hey, um, kia ora, tēnā koutou katoa, no mai haramai ki te kāinga hou o te whari karakia cornerstone. Welcome to those, welcome to everybody, welcome to this house of the Lord that is cornerstone. Hi everybody online, um, I know that COVID is going through the place at the moment, so all the COVID-y people, hi, we love you, um, let us know if you need anything. Okay, hey, we're going to kick off this morning. What I need from you guys is today, um, I've spoken on obedience before. I actually did a three-week series. So today's like a taster, okay? Today's like that really fancy restaurant where you get a giant plate and like four things on it. It's a little bit like that, but if you want the whole big everything, um, you can go on our website and it's yeah, just called Obedience and it's a three-part, three-week series. Um, but what today is, is it's part one of a topic of a series called um, The Bible on the Big Topics. And you guys chose this. Um, the Bible on the big topics, and there's three topics that have been chosen, and online we put it, I think, about 15, and you, the people, chose three topics. So I'm kicking off this week, the awesome and wonderful and talented Jordan Jones. She's going next week. Give her a round of applause. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And then uh, Warren is going to follow up, I think, with the third week. Um, so what I need from you guys today is I just know that I don't have all the answers, so I'm going to encourage you guys to have some dialogue. Um, I'm going to encourage you to answer some questions um, and to kind of interact with me this morning. Is that okay? On obedience. Is that cool? All right. So week one of three, and we are talking on obedience. Now, let me ask you a question. When you see that word up there, be honest. Like I said, I'm going to need your interactions this morning. When they hear the word in obedience, obedience, who is a little freaked out? Who's a little intimidated by the word obedience? That you look at that and you go, well, what does that mean? Who, want, who wants me to be obedient? What is the outworking of that obedience? I don't know about you, but when someone says, you need to be obedient to me, I get a little hackle up. I get a little unsure about what the actual word, what is the implication of obedience? And we don't need to be concerned because I'm going to unpack today how obedience is not just a thing we do, it's a natural overflow of the person we love, that is Christ. And I'm going to unpack that idea a little bit further. But the Bible does say, this is what does the Bible say on a subject? The Bible does say, and it's very clear, that we must be obedient to God. We'll talk a little bit, very shortly, about what, we, what's, what would we be obedient to. We'll talk about that. But let's just unpack the idea that we are called by God to follow his instructions, his commands, and his laws. Amen? But let's look at some scripture for that. Let's look at an Old Testament scripture first. 1 Kings 2.3 says, Observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in obedience, not just stay there, but you walk in obedience to him. Keep his decrees and commands, his laws and his regulations as written in the law of Moses. Do this, do it, so that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you go. Very clear here that God has asked us to do something and that he's asking us to do what he's asked us to do. Uh, New Testament scripture I'll use this morning is from the book of James. How many people know the book of James and love that James doesn't, what's the word? He doesn't pandy around. He just gets straight to the point, old James, doesn't he? Is it James chapter 1 verse 2 where he says, Consider it all pure joy, sufferings and tribulations. I'm like, whoa. 
Thanks, James. Just start 100%. He's one of those guys, zero to 100. And he says it simply like this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Can we say that last line there? Do what it says. James 1, 2, 2. James is painting this picture between listening and doing. See, here's the thing really interesting. I just want to get straight into it. Uh, Many of us know what we are called to do. It's not a question of not knowing. Sometimes it's just hard. If you're taking notes this morning, maybe your first note could be, obedience costs me. Obedience costs us. Often, not always, but it often requires. Wave your hand in the air if you've ever felt like you have been obedient to God specifically about what he's asked you to do or that you have obedient, been obedient to what a Christian is called to do. Wave your hands in the air if you've ever had to be obedient and it's cost you something, a relationship, conversations, whatever it could be. You've all done it, I would hope, to some degree. So he says, don't deceive yourselves in just listening. Even Jesus said, hey, look, the demons believe in me. Belief is great, but belief and action go together as our walk with God. Yes, we believe, but you can't just know. You can't just listen. There is a activation to this word. So he says, do not merely listen to the word. Don't deceive yourselves. We must do what it says. He draws this comparison between listening and doing Listening and doing. See, obedience has a, is a verb. It's attached to a doing thing. Obedience isn't just, yes, I understand. Often, it requires you to be obedient around... Do you guys want to yell out some ideas? What, what has God called us to be obedient to? To love one another. To the law. What else? Generosity. What else? Yes, great. Anything else? Being honest, having integrity, forgiveness. These are things, these are actions, these are verbs of being obedient. Obedience is just the verb often of God's love and God's desire for us. So my first thought today is I hope that you can look away from the big scary obedience. I tried to make it as big and as Had anyone ever tried to look for an intimidating font? That was me yesterday. (laughs) Apparently it's impact. That's what that is. (laughs) Don't look at it as an intimidation. Obedience is simply the natural overflow and outwalking of the love that we have for God. In lots of different ways. Lots of different actions. But ultimately we must be obedient to Christ's command. I know many of you have your phones and or Bibles. Could you please buddy up to the person next to you? Go, hi, how's it going? Grab your phone and I'd like you yourself to read this scripture to yourselves. Read it out loud. It's a simple one. It's Matthew 23, 36 to 40. I'll leave it up there. You'll be familiar with it, most of you. I've already referenced it this morning. We're going to take 60 seconds, find that, and just together... Just read it out. One of you can read half. The other one can read the other half, if you will, whatever you'd like to do. 60 seconds. Let's go. I'm not going to read it out for you, so you better find it or buddy up to someone who's got it. Well done. Good work. Wave your hands if you've done it. 
Good, three quarters. Give you an extra 10 seconds. Okay. So if we have identified that being obedient to God is a biblical principle, nod your heads if you agree with me so far. Oh, okay, I haven't done my job well enough. I'll ask one more time. Nod your heads if you agree that being obedient to God is a biblical principle and then we probably should do it. Go. I wear my hair back and forth. Okay, here it is. <clears throat> All right. So <laughs> we agree that obedience is part of living the Christian life. Now we have some idea. I've picked one at random, but Jesus did speak this. Jesus did say this is the greatest command. To love the Lord your God with all your heart. Thank you. <laughs> heart. To love him with all your, whew, got that one right. And then to love him with all your soul. And then he says, and to love others as you love yourself. There's a really easy command. I was talking to someone uh, in the last week or so who just has a tendency to really, they, they've got a bit of a hobby horse, which is cool. There's nothing wrong with having an interest or a hobby horse when it comes to theology. Nothing wrong at all. In fact, I encourage you to have things that interest you. However, here's the caveat, if that thing gets in front of or becomes the purpose or becomes the almost, and here is a hard thing, and you can unpack this with me later if you'd like, sometimes if we put even just a theology or an idea or an opinion in front of God and his teaching, that can become an idol. Now you might be going, you can't make the Bible. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if you put all of your eggs in one basket about um, eschatology or this or baptism for salvation or other things like that, and you ignore that we are to love God with all our heart, mind, body, and soul, then we're getting distracted. Okay? So here's a good command to, go, to ultimately go with. Right, with you going, what am I meant to be obedient to as, as a Christian? To love God with lots of different areas of my life and to love others as I want to be loved. Okay. A little bit of a disclaimer. I'm going to talk about obedience. I don't know everybody's life and I don't know where everybody is. But if you're anything like me, you have walked your Christian life sometimes really well and other times a little poorly. Perhaps you've said things, seen things, done things, haven't said things, haven't done things, haven't thought things, whatever it is. But there might be a sin, there might be issues in your life. So don't come out of today being like, oh, I'm terrible, I'm condemned. You know, I've got to be obedient to God and I'm just disobedient Daryl. It's a character I just made up. You could write a cartoon about disobedient Daryl if you like. Are there any Daryls in the room? Whoo! There we go. He's Horatio's cousin, if you didn't know. <clears throat> okay, so don't, don't read into me that I'm having a go and you should do this and you've got to do that. I'm just saying, this is what the Bible says, that we are called to be obedient to him. Now, if you make mistakes, cool, no worries. Go to God, talk to God about it. Uh, you can go through the forgiveness process. You can um, go through the process of God renewing your mind. That's great. Do that. What I'm talking about is continual disobedience to God. Do you understand what I mean? Well, you know, you know, you know, but you ultimately go, yeah, stuff it, I don't care. I'm going to continue. That could be a problem. And I want to talk about maybe those areas in your life. And here's the thing. 
I think many of us do have elements of that, do have places in that where I go, I'm probably not as obedient in some area that I could be. Don't take it as a condemnation, perhaps take it as a conviction. Remember that the devil, the enemy condemns, God convicts. Right, He convicts our heart and with conviction there's always a hope and a dream and a, and a place for future restoration and redemption. Whereas con- condemnation says you suck, you're never going to get any better and you're going to live this horrible life, you might as well give up now. There's two different things. So if the Holy Spirit convicts you, good. If you feel a condemnation, don't do that. And here's the thing I'd also like to say. I've got a bit of a controversial opinion and I'll say it's an opinion But I'm going to unpack this idea very shortly about where does obedience come from? Are you obedient? Am I obedient because Scripture says, and it's a rule and I should follow through? Or is it just a natural overflow of God's love? Now, I would love, I would love to stand here today and say, I'm the second one all of the time. I do it out of love, love, love. I would love to, but I don't always. Here's my controversial opinion. There are times when we walk through and be obedient to God, even when we don't always feel like it. That's my opinion. Would anyone kind of agree with me that sometimes, hey, it's like a, I've said I'm going to do this and I'm faithful to my word and I'm going to walk through because I love him. I may not feel it right now, but I know that I love him. Here's where the difference is though. Can you think of any group of people in the New Testament that only obeyed God out of obligation? The Pharisees, the Sadducees. So there's a spectrum, right? It can be one way or the other. Uh, Do you guys want a little story quickly? I haven't checked with my wife if this story's okay, but it's not about her. It's okay, it's not about her, but I hope she's okay. Here's the thing. Sometimes we say we're going to do something and we have to follow through with it. All right. Anyone here either had or has owned a Labrador? Put your hands up. I'm going to assume if you've got your hands up, you've also been chewed on. You've had your backyard turned into a moon crater pit. Am I right? Yes. So uh, was it started last year. Uh, the kids have been asking us for a dog out. Great Dane Jarvis, she died the year before. And we were like, okay, let's get another puppy. Uh, let's do that. But this time we were like, oh, labs are cute. Let's get a lab. And none of you said anything. <laughs> so we got a little, little black lab and her name was Kobe and she was so lovely. And over the last year, our kids have fallen in love with her. You know, like Evie will just like ride around on Kobe. She'll have her foot in her, in her mouth. She'll pull her ears and dress her up and she's fine. And the boys adore it. Luca will just, with his floppy blonde hair, just lay on her like she's some sort of blanket. And she'll sit up on her back and hold us like this and lick. And just look like, it's really creepy actually. She just watches you and you're like. <laughs> she loves us dearly. And she's a nice, gentle hearted dog. Do you want to see a picture of Kobe? There's Kobe. See on the bottom right picture, she's got her little paw over Hannah's arm and is licking her. Uh, and the kids just adore her. <clears throat> and I stood in front of my family and I, stood, and I had many conversations with my wife, Hannah, and said, we will commit to dog ownership. We'll do the best we can. Well, I didn't think that was going to be tested. 
Ugh. This dog, over the last year of our lives, um, is, there's her covered in mud. She's turned our backyard into a cesspool of mud. I bet it's muddier than your farm. She's ripped up every blade of grass. It's like she has a personal issue with grass and has removed every single piece. So much so I had to build a dog fence, but no one told me Labradors can fly. <laughs> they just jump over anything. So I ended up having to keep adding to the fence. She's ripped holes in our carpet that's only two years old. She climbs all over the couches. We do try and stop her. She rips her beds. I don't know how many beds she's gone through. And I'm going to be honest with you. Hannah and I might have had a conversation or two of late. <laughs> and she said to me, is this okay if I say this? Yeah. She said, babe, do you, do you want to get rid of Kobe? And I looked at her. She was looking at me with a creepy look in her licky tongue. And I said, no. My father-in-law. Hannah's father's been inappropriate. Okay. It was Kobe, I meant, not, not, not my wife. And I said to Hannah, she said, hey, do you want to, should we get rid of this dog? And I had this memory that I said, we will get a dog and we will go through it. This is a, this is a life and as hard as it is, and I have to really remind myself that I made this decision, we made this decision, and even though it impacts our life and costs us quite literally, I'm like, you know what? The kids adore her. She's not a bad, well, some might argue, but she doesn't have a bad nature. She's quite a sweetheart. She's just, insert whatever word you want into there. But I'm just reminded that sometimes obedience is tough. Sometimes obedience costs us. Sometimes we've got to put boundaries up when we're being obedient to God. Sometimes we've got to do things, and sometimes your house will be chewed to bits, and we're working through that. But obedience isn't always easy. Obedience has a cost attached to it, okay? And here's the thing. God will often see us. I wonder if we're like that. I wonder if we're sometimes like a Kobe, right? And God's going, what are you doing with that slipper? No, no. Hey, what are you, what are you doing there? What are you doing this? And she could be quite annoying, um, is Bryn in the room? There he is. Bryn, um, I'm going to make a loud noise, so don't be afraid. <laughs> um, but she'll do this. If you've got startle reflex, something about to startle, you're like, we'll just sit here and we'll be having like a deep conversation about the tabernacle and we'll be, we'll be discussing something. And then Kobe will for no reason do this. <laughs> and we all go, Ooh! And if someone yells in my presence, I was born and raised in Hamilton, I'm up and I'm ready to fight. <laughs> and so my heart is bound, and she just does this all the time. And so I just have to remind myself that I'm obedient to the word and the, and the, 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 the decision that we made as a family. So I want to let you know that it's not always easy, okay, to walk in what God has asked you to do. This is just a practical thing for me. But what is it for you? All right, so three basic views of the Bible has on obedience. Grab out your phones, grab out some notes. These are just three ideas that the Bible talks about when it comes to being obedient. Part one, number one, as I've already referenced, the catalyst for obedience is love. It should be and comes from love. We will end up like the Pharisees and the Sadducees if it comes from just following the letter of the law. The reason we are obedient to God is because we love Him and we start to look like our Father and we walk in obedience. Sometimes it just happens. 
I remember when I got saved at 17 and uh, halfway through the year, I went back to Hamilton for the first time, maybe six months later, I think I was 18 at the time. And I saw all my old friends and I internally had thought, man, I am not a good Christian. I have not sorted stuff out. I am not improving. I'm not getting closer to God. Maybe I should just can this. And I got to Hamilton and all my non-Christian friends kept saying the same thing. They said, whoa, you've changed. Your whole face has changed. Your whole way you conduct yourself has changed. What, who are you? And it just reminds me that we can sometimes be transformed by osmosis. God transforms us. Sometimes we don't see it. If you just look at your tree every day, you know, what by itself, in isolation, it doesn't look like it's growing, but it does. So the catalyst for obedience is love and you will grow and develop in your obedience if you're walking in God's love. Bible verse for this, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. We will follow God because we love him. We wanna be in his presence. We wanna be like him. We will look and follow and, and speak like God because we're with God. Point number two, I think. Ah, yes, love and obey. They're interconnected. They're woven together. There's a, there's a weaving together between obeying God and loving God. Not just obeying God because, out of obligation, but obeying God because we love Him first. There's a difference. Like I said, though, there will be times where you obey God's commands out of obligation. Don't live in that. It's kind of a, just a time. It's a space. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's my opinion. You may disagree and go, no, no, you should never obey God just out of, you know, walking. I, well, I, my experience is a little different, but we can have that discussion. Or you can have the discussion with Warren. He, he loves theology debates. Thanks, Warren. Okay, point number two. Obedience has its blessings. Now, again, I don't think you should be obedient so that you get blessed by God. I think that's an incorrect motivation. But the Bible does say this, that when you obey God, stuff will happen. You're walking in His favor and also good things are going to come out of you when you walk in Him and follow Him. The Bible says this, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully, carefully follow all His commands I'll give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations on the earth. And we see that, that we're blessed to be a blessing. When we follow God, good stuff happens in us. Sometimes good stuff happens for us and to us, but not always. Don't, don't follow, don't, don't be um, obedient to God just because you want stuff. I've never appreciated it when people have got up and talked about tithing and they said, you should tithe so you can be blessed. It's, I agree, it is a biblical point, but I don't think that's our motivation. Our motivation shouldn't be, I will give so I get we give because our God gives. We, we love to serve God because not what it gives us, but what it does for Him and for the community of people. All right, point number three is this. This is a hard one. Obedience has little middle ground. Do you want to hear a fun statement that some of you may not like, that I don't always like? Are you ready? Take a deep breath. I'm going to put sometimes in this statement. 
but maybe it's always, but sometimes slow obedience to God is actually disobedience. Sometimes slow obedience to God is actually disobedience masquerading as obedience. Sometimes it takes us five years to do something. Well, hey, look, let's call a spade a spade. There's some disobedience there. Jesus said this, why do you call me Lord, Lord? As in why are you a Christian? Why are you following me? And you do not do what I tell you. Now again, there's grace, all of that, absolutely. Fantastic. Yes, I totally agree. You know, there, uh, in Revelations, it talks about being lukewarm. You remember that scripture that talks about how you're not, the, the author, John of Revelation says, you're not hot, you're not following after God with everything, and you're not freezing cold either. You're somewhere in the middle. And I have lived whole seasons of my life of somewhere in the middle, so don't, I'm not having a go at everybody. But it has very little middle ground. We, we obey God, and if we choose not to, then let's call a spade a spade and say that in places we're being disobedient to God's word. It's helpful for us to recognize that. Now, you could look at all number of things, but let's just take it back to that first lens. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. Love others as you'd want to be loved. We are called to do it. Hey, I talked about how we've all got different ideas and opinions um, on Scripture uh, and on obedience. So what I'm going to do, I was sitting here, and yes, I was away most of the week for our National Acts Council. Um, and we, there was a long meeting Wednesday, a long meeting Thursday, long meeting on Friday. And so I thought, you know, what can I do that... that you know, gives me a little kick up the pants and encourages me as well as you. And I thought, I'll get a panel of people up. And uh, I decided that, I, yes, I could get elders and they would be great, but um, oh, we hear from them all the time. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to invite my connect group, well, some of my connect group up. Um, and if you guys could come now, that would be great. So we're going to ask some questions. Thanks, ladies. Grab a seat. <clears throat> And I'm going to ask them some questions about obedience. Hey, can we give them a round of applause? Look at this beautiful group of people. Yep, five in a row. There we go. So on the end here, we've got, uh, and a little applause, like three second applause for each person. We've got, well, we'll do a couple here. We've got uh, William and Lynette Hay. Give them a big round of applause. Whoop. Kelly McLeod, give her a round of applause. We've got Heinrich, and we've got Hannah standing in for Melinda, who's got COVID. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to give you guys the mic, and I'm going to grab Jordan's mic. Here you go, Hannah. Hello, Hello everyone. Good. So we, um, we've been talking about spiritual formations. What does it mean to be spiritually formed in our connect group? And uh, we had a topic on obedience. And then when I got selected to do obedience, I was like, cool, because we've just talked about it. And um, I've got some questions for these guys. I'm going to read them out. And if any of you have some ideas or thoughts, uh, Hannah can hand you the microphone. So are you guys ready? If you like the question, write it down and write down the answer. So talk nice and slow, team. Here we go. Question number one. Can we be obedient to God incorrectly? Ooh, it's a hard one. Question number one. Can we be obedient to God incorrectly what do we think Heinrich 
you can be obedient to God either by love or obligation, and obligation is wrong completely. Or you can be obedient to God out of hope of getting blessed, like you said before. Um, for finances, you can. I'm going to be obedient to God now because I need a thousand dollars in my bank account by the end of the week, and it's wrong. You you need to be obedient to God out of love and end of story. Cool. It's really a heart motivation, isn't it? Thank you, Kelly. Are you speaking or are you just holding the mic? No. It's a heart motivation, right? Yes, I think you can. If, you, if you're just out to get stuff, then yes, that would be my answer too. Uh, question number two, what is the difference between being obedient out of love and obedient out of obligation? So what's the difference between them? Pastor William? Hey, this is where I give myself a break because you are... The command comes, and you're either going to be obedient or disobedient. Um, so a lot of us are mostly obedient. But there's two ways of doing that. And um, I think Pastor Dre has already talked about um, a little bit of that this morning. And one way is quite hard because your focus is... Um, so I'm looking at, at Lyndon here now and Kath in the front... And if God gives me the command to love, then I'm going, oh, Lord, that's hard work. <laughs> I'm just using you as an example, Linda. You know, it's hard work because we know our mates and we know, you know, uh, I had a very tough time with my sister once upon a time and oh, it's hard to love. Because you're looking at, at, the, um, at the person, at the individual or the situation. The other way is a slightly easier way of doing it where you, um, you look to God. And you look to God and you, see, and you ask God, what do you see? What do you see? What do you see in Linden that is so precious that you would want me to, to share? You know? So it's just a matter of perspective. So if, when we get our perspective right, um, and that's one of the blessings that God can give to you. Awesome. Yeah, the, the words that came up in my mind was um, duty versus delight. Um, there's a saying that if you, if you love what you do, you never work a day's work in your life. And I think it's the same with being obedience to God. If you love God, it will never come out of a sense of, you're obligated to do it. It's good. All right, question number three. Uh, what's one of the personal benefits of being obedient to God? What does that look like in your life? So, um, for me, there's two major things that stand out with this. And one, there's no pressure on me. Like, it, when I'm obedient... To God, it's like the failure, the responsibility, everything is just lifted off my shoulders because it's his work's not mine. I'm just being obedient and allowing him to do what he's doing. Um, how's it worded again? Say it again. Oh, the question? Uh, what's one of the personal benefits of being yeah. obedient to God? Um, yeah, so the pressure's off me, that's one of them. And one of the other th things I've found as a personal benefit of being obedient I just walk in his freedom. 
there's just such a freedom that comes with knowing it doesn't matter if I take a step or to the left or the right because my heart's being obedient and God's going to order it. Yeah. Great. Uh, Question number four, what can be the fruit of disobedience in our life? Sometimes we don't see disobedience, um, but, you know, helpful to understand what the fruit of disobedience can sometimes look like. And you might hear this answer and go, ugh, that sounds a little close to home. So listen up. Maybe. (laughs) No pressure on that one. Um, So (laughs) the fruit of disobedience, well, you've got a couple of things. You've got uh, what will impact you personally. Uh, So there can be things like ruined relationships, um, a loss of something. You could, you know, uh, if we talk about uh, relationships, we could have punishment if we're talking about parent-child, that kind of thing. But there's also the uh, the wider-reaching implications of your disobedience upon others. And if we think about First Samuel, we look at uh, Eli and his two sons, and and the disobedience that went on there, and then the cost that the nation of Israel itself paid um, for that disobedience not um, not being addressed initially by Eli. So I think it was 30,000 30, troops, foot soldiers, as well as the loss of the ark. Uh, so not only is it to you the personal cost, but also to those around you who may not even have had anything to do with it to start with. Cool. Great. Um, I'm just going to skip a couple here. Uh, do you, does anyone have a quick story of how obedience might have cost you something or someone? This was one of Mel's questions, so these, these guys are jumping in and helping. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Anyone got an answer for that, Lynette? You start and then I'll Go, Kelly. Um, not everyone knows my full story, but um, when my husband left me, we had a business together, we had a house together, we um, were financially really, really stable. Um, And when he left, God told me not to take a single thing, not a penny, just leave it all. And he showed me in his word how there was, it was like tainted goods almost. And in the natural, I'm going, okay, I'm going to be obedient, but I am walking away Mm. from a deposit on a house. I'm walking away from all these things that I'd worked really hard for. And, um... He, God promised me that he'd restore it, and he did. But at the time, that obedience cost me big. Yeah. you imagine, yeah, just literally walking away from everything? It was like, yeah, and I felt it. it in my flesh, I was, yeah, it stung mm. big time, yeah. Got a story that also involves a husband. Um, <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mention it too, but I'll say. Um, I've, I've been a... Christian longer than my husband has and we were up in Niue um, one year and a word came uh, from the Lord to me and it was for me to to pull back and stop being so uh, forward bossy, bossy. bossy? okay <laughs> <Not> be- <laughs> she says forward, he says bossy <laughs> um, but I was I was pushing ahead and I was basically looking at William going oh come on hurry up and catch up and the word came to me to just pull back and allow the Lord to bring William forward. And that was really difficult for me to obey because I'm, I'm quite an independent person and I like to do what I like to do. Mm. Um, and for me, that was, I, I felt like it, uh, obedience for me would mean that it hit my pride first. Yeah. 
Um, it also felt like I had to mark time until he caught up and then what was going to happen to me. But the, um, <laughs> <laughs> the benefits of that, and please, it's not a bad story. I felt that I was going to lose something, but God never owes anyone. And so what he gave me out of that was much more than I thought that I could gain by rushing ahead. So that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> it was totally worth it. Eh? Yeah. yeah. Disobedience can cost. <laughs> um, question number nine, uh, where we see disobedience in others, what's something that we can do? Um, this is a tricky one. This can be a really tricky one. I think the, the first thing that comes to my mind is that, generally speaking, it has to come out of relationship. Mm. I think it, it, just as our obedience to God comes out of relationship or should naturally flow out of our love and relationship with God, I think calling someone else on their disobedience can't just be like, hey, I don't know you, but you did this and that's wrong, so sort it out. It's not going to land very well. Mm. So I think coming out of love and relationship and a bit of a mutual trust is going to do huge wonders Um, and when we have that close relationship if it's someone that we do know and we're walking with we do have a bit of a responsibility to call them on stuff that we see cool anyone else I think that there's there's two sides to that there's the the stuff we notice and then it's a whole different thing if God says right I'm, I'm showing you something and I'm wanting you to hold them to account and I think one of the most important things is God's wisdom when we're acting in these situations. And as a young Christian, I got called to hold two people to account that did something they shouldn't have. And it cost me one of my best friends. But on the other hand, it saved a church. Mm. So there is an absolute wisdom in how you go about these things. And I think that's where you know, pulling in people that are wiser than you is just so important. Like going forward to a leader or an elder or a supervisor or a mentor and just going, hey, this is what I'm seeing. How do I approach this? Mm. Just because it is such a delicate thing. Yeah. Cool. Um, Also, you know, I think of that Bible verse when we're talking about, like, how do you approach that type of thing? Uh, Just remember, you know, Jesus talks about, like, how do you go about the speck in someone else's eye when you have a plank in your own? So let's just be careful with and, and look at our own hearts too before we go pointing out other people's disobedience. So I agree with you guys. All right, last question, uh, just to move things on. Unpack this phrase for us, which I kind of spoke about today. Extremely slow obedience uh, to God is disobedience in God. Does anyone unpack further? Extremely slow disobedience. Sorry, extremely slow ob- obedience can often be disobedient. Extremely slow obedience. I'm, I'm an expert in this field. Um, and uh, it's, um, as, as Ray said, it's, it's, um, it's either this or that. And if you're not doing it, that's, um, and you know you should be doing it. It's a rebellion, actually, isn't it? And it says a lot about, it says a lot about us. It, 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 um, your, the rebellion, the refusal to, to obey the command, say something about you. Um, it's either um, talking about speaking to your pride, some fears, um, and, and other things, but those are the areas, and um, having, being, being rebellious is, is also God working on you as well, because you will come around, I guarantee it. Um, 
a good example is, um, you know, when I fight with my wife, not very often. Never. I had a big fight with my sister one year, and that was a whole year, 12 months it took me. And I knew what to do. I knew that was me. I had to go and apologize. I know. But the rebellion just sits in. And my wife knows it because the jaw just goes, I'm not doing it. You know, and when I fight with her, we don't fight often. It's like every day going to work, coming home next week, you know, it could be a month. And then eventually, I know, I apologize to God first. I said, Lord, i sorry. Yeah. And I make peace of God and I come home. I can't wait to come home and then apologize to my wife. Um, rebellion, not good. Um, it's, uh, yeah, over to you, Dre. The thing that I think comes to my mind is when we're on our knees going to God, help me now, help me now, we're expecting him to jump and to do things quickly, you know, like when we need it. And so how should it be any different for us when God's asking something of us? Mm, That's good. Um, I was just thinking sometimes some of the reasons why we might delay and be quite slow to obey is it might be something new that God's calling us to that we're a bit scared about or and it's like oh okay I'm not mature enough for that yet God maybe I'll do that next year but if it's something we really feel like God is telling us to do now and calling us to do actually stepping out and obeying sometimes we might they might we might fail and it might not look like a good result or outcome but actually in that stepping out and obeying can can come maturity and can come the growth that we might have thought we didn't have um, before. That's really good. I also am reminded that obedience can be a process sometimes. It's not like, it, you know, some things are immediate and there are other times you've started it and you're working through it and it's an obedient process. And the way that we can sometimes know the difference is kids know their father's voice. My, my children, my boys know my tone. So if I say, hey, Isaac, don't do that, don't do that. And then he's walking across State Highway 1, I go, Isaac, don't do it. He knows the tone difference, <laughs> and he will stop whatever he's doing. Not that God yells like that necessarily always, but he has done in some cases. Uh, and so, so you know the tone of your voice, and so you know like, oh, there's a slowing down, or there's an obedience involved, but often it's like, hey, you need to stop. We need to, 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 to do something different with that. Hey, can we give a big round of applause to this beautiful bunch of people? Can we put them back? Woo! Hey, um... Can we have the musicians up, please? Um, it is important to have community. Aren't these guys cool? They had some really good thoughts and opinions. And I'm, I'm going to have a point about community in a minute. Could we stand to our feet, please? All right. Hey, there are, um, you know, if you're anything like me, you're like, cool, that's great, but what do I do to outwork that? Just for time's sake, what we're going to do today is if you'd like any tips, you can take a photo of what I'm about to put up there and uh, you can process it if you like in your connect group or with your friendship group or take someone out of coffee and unpack this idea. But tips, five tips uh, on how we can lovingly um, obey God. Tip number one, you've heard a lot of this before, but quickly is align with God's purpose. Know what God's purposes are and come in alignment with them. To be obedient, to understand them. It's hard to be obedient to something you don't understand or you don't know. So get in the know. 
get into a connect group, go to Bible college, ask people questions, take Warren out for a cup of tea. (laughs) Point number two, spend time in the Bible and pray daily. The Spirit's gonna work through you, through the Bible and help you. You can take a photo when we get to number five. Number three, if you've got continual disobedience, there needs to be a repentance. Repentance has got an action to it. Point number four, we need to wait well. How many people know you can wait poorly? If you were waiting for your spouse, you might have spent some years waiting poorly. Maybe you made some poor decisions whilst you were waiting. If we're gonna be obedient to God and He's asking us to wait on something, let's wait well. Let's wait with a hope. Let's wait with a patience. Let's wait with expectation. How many people know that's with the building project? We're gonna wait well. And number five, we need to remove the me glasses. What do I mean by that? We often walk around the world with glasses that just uh, we interpret through the lenses of ourselves. Me, me, me. I look at Warren and I go, what can I get from him? I look at Heather and I go, what can I get from her? And I look at Lyndon and I was like, what meat can he give me? Who's got a classic cut? You know, I can walk around just looking at people through a lens of myself. Let's get rid of that. That's not being obedient. God didn't say, you know, you love yourself only. He said, love others as you love yourself. All right, let's get a bonus. So take a photo of that. Here's a bonus one. One real good thing that can help you be obedient to God is simply this, that recognizing that disobedience struggles in community. If you're being disobedient to God and you've got a good connect group, my hope is that they go, Oi, what was the name I used before? Daryl. Don't do that, Daryl. Daryl, don't do that. That's dumb. Come on, I love you. Let's work through this. Get yourself into a community. Disobedience struggles. It'll exist. But my hope is that by conversation and by love and prayer, that that will end. Hey, whilst we do this worship song together, whilst we end shortly, just ask yourself this question and maybe even write it down in your phone. You could put it as a calendar and say, what is God calling me to be obedient to? Is it forgiveness, relationship, lies, gossip, addictions? Maybe there's something He is calling you to be obedient in and you know it in your heart. Amen. God is a God of restoration, redemption, renewal, and any other R words I can't think of off the top of my head. And He loves you. There's grace for you. So if you've been walking in disobedience, come, step into obedience. And God will love and, and, and welcome you. Amen. Thanks, Dan.